Hey everyone, it's Simon here. Welcome to our podcast. We had a huge weekend this last weekend. We had Carols in the Park, which was just amazing. Our first big outreach, Christmas outreach as a church, mate. The weather was perfect. We had a whole bunch of people show up. Our whole church stepped up and uh, so many people volunteered to help. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who came out and also everybody who helped make it all happen. And we had in-person church on Sunday. So our podcast is like one day late because my voice was very tired after singing and speaking. And uh, it would have been a very husky podcast if I recorded it on uh, Sunday afternoon. So let's get into things. A few weeks ago, we started a new series called This Is The Way. And I kind of stole the catchphrase from the Mandalorian Star Wars series where they say, this is the way. That's what the Mandalorian says. And uh, and if if you haven't seen it, it's all good. That's all you need to know is this is the way. Because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So he's the truth, not just a truth. He is the truth. And he is the life, not just a form of life, but the life. There's no true living outside of Christ. Outside of Christ, we're spiritually dead. Jesus himself said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundant, right? And in other words, that means he's, he's saying it's life from him, life like him. We're not talking about abundant life like new cars, big house type of abundant life. No, we're talking about the life that comes from Jesus, right? And our only hope of truly living in this life and for eternity is in Christ. But he also said he's the way which all of us kind of conclude he's the way to heaven, but it's so much more than that. And we've talked about this and how that word, the way, is the Greek word hodos, which means not just a traveled way or road, but it also means a way of thinking, feeling, and deciding. So Jesus isn't just the way to heaven. He's also the way to live. He is how I practice my life for God. And the focus of this series has been on practical practices of the Christian life. This is the way. And we've talked about the practice of the presence of God in part one, the practice of pages, which is really about study. That was in part two. And last week, we talked about the practice of prayer. If you missed any of them, make sure you you check the podcast, stay up to date with us. You know, if you can stay up to date with a Netflix series, you can stay up to date with a sermon series. It's all there for you. It says in James chapter two, verse 18, Pastor James tells us, But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So what we practice or or do or works that we do is so important, especially if we want to live life with and for God. Jesus said, I am the way. The way, the practice, the doing, the, the deciding, the habit, however you want to put it. My faith, trust, and relationship with God is shown in the way in which I practice life. Like you might say, oh, I'm a Christian. Well, well, how is that shown in the practical outworkings of your life? Christianity is very practical. It is. It shows in your life. And it's not that we do these practices to get to God. No, we do these practices because God has got to us. So we don't live a works-founded life for God, meaning like if I do these things that I earn favor with God, no. But the, the truth is, if if I am born again, if his grace has impacted my life, his goodness, the power of the gospel has impacted me, it will change the way I live my life. So if your life isn't 
practice different, you need to ask the question, hey, am I really saved? Have I really allowed God to transform me? Because if there's no difference between you and someone who doesn't follow Jesus, you hearing me, Christian? If there's no difference between you and someone who doesn't follow Jesus, then what is the difference? Just being honest, okay? This is the way. So let's talk about today's practice, and that is the practice of praise. The practice of praise. Now, I was a worship pastor for like eight years, so I'm very passionate about this topic. We know worship is a lifestyle. It's more than just a song on a Sunday, okay? So let's just clarify that. Worship is a lifestyle, but praise, praise is specific. It's, it's, it's the practice of exalting God. Um, it's what we were created to do. We were created to praise God. And guess what? We'll be doing it for eternity. You know, there, was, there has never been a moment where God has not been praised. You know, the, the angels praise him. They, 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 they circle the throne singing, holy, holy, holy. God has been praised for eternity and will be praised for eternity. And I'm sure most of us can understand why we praise God, because he's God, because he's worthy, because he's the creator and, and not me, because what or who I praise, I prioritize, right? If God is not a priority in my life, I'm not going to praise him. Okay, but also he deserves it. He deserves all of our praise and more. And the truth is, I need to praise God more than he needs my praise. Now, that's not to make it about me, but I'm just saying when we praise God, we are being, we are doing something that we are created to do to praise our creator. And praise is like a magnifying glass. If I held up a big magnifying glass, whatever I focus it on, magnifies, right? It becomes bigger in my perspective. Now, God doesn't need more magnification because he's God, but I need better perspective. And praise helps bring things into perspective. We sometimes get caught up magnifying our circumstances or need, or even sometimes we magnify the blessings of God more than God himself. And so so let's talk about the practice of praise. How do we praise God the way he wants? to be praised. This is the way, right? I mean, is there a wrong way to praise God? Well, maybe not, but I I know there's certainly biblical ways to praise God. I'll I'll tell you one thing, God doesn't look at just praise as an outward thing. God doesn't like praise that is outward only and it's not backed up by obedience, I was like, oh, I love to sing to God all day. But do you actually do what he says? (laughs) This is important to God. So there's a wrong way to praise God, just singing and doing external things, but not actually having obedience in your heart and not meaning it. God, God looks at more than just the outward stuff. He looks at the heart. That's what God sees. But when it comes to the practice of praise, there are things in God's word that show us how to praise him that show us examples of how to praise Him. We need to know that our praise is not just churchy copycatness or, or something we saw on a, on a worship DVD. Look, look, this how we live and why we live needs to be rooted in Scripture because God put it there for a reason, right? Culture changes, train, trends change, but His Word remains. And when we see the word praise in the Bible, we see the English word praise, you know, Different translations might say it in various ways, but the word praise behind that is a myriad of Greek and Hebrew words that that we translate to the word 
praise. It's kind of like a wedding cake. If I looked at a wedding cake from above, I'd just see a circle or whatever the shape of the cake is. But you look at it from the side and it has layers, right? This is what language is like in the Bible. We read English, which is one kind of perspective, uh, but we often don't totally capture the full meaning of what was there in the Greek or the Hebrew, okay? And there are many words used that just get translated to praise, But I want to focus on some of those root words, some of those words that we just look at and we see praise. You know, like, for example, there are more than one Greek word for the word love, but we just see in the Bible the word love. This is why the practice of pages, which we've talked about, the practice of study is so important because we want to find what God's word is really saying, not just what it says at face value. Now, why am I sharing this? Our series has all been about practices, right? This is the way. And we want to move to a greater understanding of the practice of praise. Like every morning, uh, I really mean it, every single morning, I make my wife a coffee. That's partly because I make myself a coffee, and it would be very rude for me to not make her a coffee. But I still, for, for many years, we've been married for 12 years, most of those days I've made my wife a coffee in the morning. And when I make my wife a coffee, I make her the coffee that she likes. She likes a cappuccino, okay? I don't make her a coffee how I like it. That would just defeat the whole purpose of making her a coffee, right? <laughs> and you know what? It's funny because so many Christians today treat their praise like that. Oh, this is how I pray. This is how I like to praise. This is how I, I, I do things. Like, And, you know, we need to shift our perspective here. The whole purpose of praise is that it's not about me. It's about God right? Just like when I make my wife a coffee, I don't give her a a small flat white with an extra shot. That's what I like. I give her what she likes, okay? So let's go over these Hebrew words, and, and I'm hoping I can explain them well in the podcast version, but if you want some notes or something, just uh, send me a text or email, and I'll send them to you. The first word is the word halal. Halal. Now, I know you're, you're, you're probably just thinking about halal foods, right? But that this word, this Hebrew word halal, shows up a hundred times in the Old Testament. So when we see the word praise, quite often it is the word halal, and it's where we get the word hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. And its definition is to boast foolishly or to make show of it. It means to be to to be bright like light. And halal praise is about making a show of the fact that God is amazing. So when the Bible says praise him, and it has the word halal. It's about being public about it. You know, praise is a public display of affection. And I know in our modern society, we, we individualize. It's all about just me, you know, and just me and the Lord. But praise is very public. The word halal, it's not shy. It's not about me. It's about showing outwardly whose team I am on. Like when you show up to church on a Sunday, can you see whose team you are on. This is what that outward halal praise. Let me show you where this shows up. In Psalm 35, verse 18, it says, Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all people. And that word praise there is the word halal. Psalm 48, verse 1, How great is the Lord, how deserving of praise, halal, in the city of our God, which sits on his holy mountain. Or Psalm 69, verse 34, Praise, halal, him, O heaven and earth, the seas and all that move in them. So all of creation is halal praising God. You think about the the ways. They're very public. 
in their display of affection towards God. They are praising God, which is just amazing. So this is the way, the practice of praise. We praise outward, halal. The second word I want to talk about is the Hebrew word tehillah. Now, you might have heard this one. Some people name their kids Tehillah. I know someone who named their daughter Tehillah. It's a beautiful name. And this word appears over 50 times in the Old Testament, and it means to praise vocally in song or shouts. Well, halal praise is this view of being outward and acting almost foolish, like just being making a public show of God's goodness. Tehillah specifically is describing us singing or vocalizing praise. And Tehillah, it's like it bursts out of us, this praise. Let me show you where this shows up in Psalm 66, verse 1 and 2. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. That word praise there is the word Tehillah. So you see how it's the same word in English, praise, but it's a different Hebrew word, Tehillah. Or Psalm 100, verse 4. If you've been in church any length of your life, you know this one. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise, with tehillah, vocal praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. That's like the the welcome verse of all welcome verses for church services. Well, you might say, well, I can't sing. I'm, I'm a terrible singer. Well, here's good news. God is not a judge on the voice. He's not sitting up in heaven with a chair turned around, listening to you and pushing a button. Oh, I choose you. You don't know. But you know, when God is described in his word, he is described as having ears and having eyes. You know, it says in other places in the word that God, he looks to and fro. And you know, I think that's really an important distinction. God could have described himself in any way. And we are made in his image, right? So God has ears because he likes to hear. He likes to hear our prayers. He likes to hear our praise, our tehillah praise. And you might think, oh, I'm a bad singer. Well, God's not here judging how good your singing is. He wants to hear vocal praise, vocal praise. So this is the way, the practice of praise. We praise outward, halal. We praise with singing, tehillah. Now, the third word I want to focus on is the word Zamar, the Hebrew word Zamar, which appears more than 40 times in the Old Testament. So these are there, they're all over the place, right? And this definition is to uh, to praise with instruments alone or with voices. It's really defined as making music to God. Psalm 33 verse 2 says, praise Zamar, the Lord with melodies on the lyre, make music for him on the 10-stringed harp. Now, Zamar inspires and supports Tehillah. That music supports vocal praise. And this is the power of corporate worship as we gather together. There's a team there, the musicians zamaring it up while the, the congregation with a heart of halal, making a public display of affection towards God, they, they are singing tehillah. They are singing vocal praise with the support of Zamar. Hopefully I'm not losing you as I'm using all these strange words. But Psalm 98, verse 4 to 6, it says, Shout to the Lord, all the earth, break out in praise, Zamar, and sing for joy. Sing your praise, Zamar, to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and with melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. What a beautiful picture of praise. Psalm 108, verse 1. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing. I will sing praises, Zamar, even with my soul. You know, praise is not an emotionless ritual. I can't think. tell you just how long I've sat down 
playing guitar before the Lord. Now, you might not play an instrument, and that's okay. Maybe this is the one <laughs> Hebrew word that might not apply to you. But th- I think there's something to be said of br- putting our whole body into praise, whether we're playing an instrument or clapping or something like that. It's not an emotionless ritual, right? This is the way, the practice of praise. So we praise outward, halal. We praise with singing, tehillah. We praise with instruments, zamar. And then word number four is the word toda, T-O-W-D-A-H, toda. And the definition of this one is to sing praises together as one community in harmony. But there's more to this. The word toda translated as praise is specifically a picture of communal sacrifice from God's people. Let me show you this in Jeremiah 17, 26. It's, and this is an example where this, sh- this uh, word shows up. And they shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places around Jerusalem, from the land of the Benjamin and from the lowland and from the mountains and from the south, from Camden, Mount Annan, Spring Farm, Orem Park, and dare we say Campbelltown. They will come from everywhere, wherever you're listening from. And then it says, bringing sacrifices of praise. And that word praise there is the word toda, to the house of the Lord. So here we're seeing that toda praise is this communal sacrifice. You know, praise is a group project. And I know in our individualistic society, we say, oh, praise is about me and me. It's my way to praise me, me. No, 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 no. Biblical praise is a group project. This idea of exalting God together, it's a group project. Regardless of my my personal story, the practice of praise from a biblical point of view enters me into a story that is much bigger than my own. I, I join together with God's people. Now imagine from this Jeremiah verse, imagine picturing that all the people of God coming from all different areas bringing different elements of the sacrifice. Some people brought the wood, some people brought the ram, some people brought this and that. All joining together in a group project to bring sacrifices to the house of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but this encourages me that, hey, you know what? When I'm together with the body of Christ, I don't want to be someone who isn't carrying my end of the sacrifice. Let's sacrifice to God in praise together. Toda. Look at this, Psalm 95, verse 2. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. That word there is toda. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Praise is a group project. So this is the way, the practice of praise. We praise outward, halal. We praise with singing, tehillah. We praise with instruments, zamar. We sacrifice together, toda. Now, the fifth word is the word, the Hebrew word, yada. Yada, 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 yada. Now, in this definition, I love this one. It means to use your hands, to extend your hands in reverence, to throw at or bemoan. It's a gesture of throwing out one's hands in desperation or thanks. And Psalm 42 verse 5 says this, Why are you sad, O my soul? Why have you become troubled within me? Hope in God, for I will praise. Yada, that throwing up of my hands. I will praise him again for his help of being near me. Oh, you Pentecostals, you lift your hands. That's weird. You're just, you know, being happy, clappy. No, no, no. We do it because it's biblical. You know, God loves lifted hands. If he didn't, he would have said not to do it, right? But instead, we see it in the Bible. We see this word, this word for praise, to lift my hands to him. You know, you need to develop your praise muscles. I know with this kind of COVID couple of years in online church, maybe our praise muscles are underdeveloped. Maybe you sit your arm on your armrest during 
online church and just open your hands to the Lord. But hey, maybe you lift your hands half-mast or you do the washing machine spinning around. Whatever it is that you do, listen, God loves lifted hands. So we we, we praise him the way he wants to be praised according to his word. So this is the way, the practice of praise. We praise outward. We praise with singing. We praise with instruments. We sacrifice together and we lift our hands, yada. And now let's go to word number six, and that is the word barak. And this one, um, it isn't specifically from the word praise, but it is definitely around it and, and a big part of it. And it means to kneel, to bless, to bow. It shows up in Psalm 95, verse 6. Come, let us worship and bow down, Barak. Let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Well, that word bless is the word Barak. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless, the same word again in verse 2. Barak, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's not just a Matt Redman song. Bless the Lord, oh my son. No, it, it means to bow down. When was the last time you bowed your knee before God? When was the last time you knelt before him and said, you are God and I am not? You are king and I am not. God loves bowed knees. He does. And if bowing your knee is not part of your regular routine of praise, well, I encourage you to make it. I encourage you, maybe even pause this podcast right now and take some time to bow before the king. Humble yourself before him. Don't just do it in your mind, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bowing. You know, it's always funny in church when we sing about a song that has the words, I bow my knee, and everyone's still standing there. <laughs> it's like, what, are we lying or something? But this is the thing. It's not just an internal thing. No, no, this is a posture. This is how we praise God. This is the way, all right? The practice of praise. We praise outward, halal. We praise with singing, tehillah. We praise with instruments, samar. We sacrifice together, toda. We lift our hands, yada. We bow before him, barak. And the last one, number seven, is the word shavak, which is spelled S-H-A-B-A-C-H, okay? But I'm trying to be fancy with my pronunciation. Shavak. And th- and th- this has to be one of my favorites. I love all of these, but this one is one of my favorites because it's kind of got like a double-edged meaning. And it means to commend, but it also means to soothe and still and to still waves. Let me, let me unpack this a bit. It shows up in Psalm 63 verse 3. Your unfailing love is better than life. How I praise, and that word there is shavak, you. How I praise you. But then in Psalm 89 verse 9, it says it here. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. And that word still is the word shavak. So how, how, what, what does this teach us? Well, I, I believe obviously it speaks to how we should commend God and, 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 and lift him up that way. But also I believe it speaks to, and tell me if, if, if you feel this way as well, maybe this resonates in your heart, but I believe as we praise God, we sense his stilling of our soul in that atmosphere of praise. Like as we praise him, as we commend him, he shavaks our situation in a sense. You know, we praise God and we sense his stilling hand in our lives. It's as if we enter like a holy vacuum when we praise him. You know, the storm may be raging, my emotions may be going crazy, I may be grieving, I may be mourning, I may be discouraged, but as I praise God, the praise the praises of God Enter me into a place of experiencing his stillness. 
Okay, and I'm not sure if you ever heard pre- preachers that get up and they say praise your way to breakthrough, and they say all these type of uh, churchy rhetoric things, and and they're not totally untrue. But how does praise change things? Let me tell you how praise changes things. Praise might not uh, heal someone. Praise might not bring someone back who's passed away. But I'll tell you something. Praise takes me into a place where I can experience the stilling hand and the stilling voice of God. It shifts my perspective. It, it calls down heaven into my situation. Uh, our reaction shouldn't be worry. It should be like it says in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then in verse 7, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I don't know exactly what you have been going through today and what season of life you're in right now, but I do know it is good for your soul to praise God because you're doing what you're created to do. And as you do it, as you praise Him, as you make a coffee the way He wants it, I'm using that analogy again from earlier, but as you praise him the way he wants to be praised, not just the way I want to be praised, but the way uh, or the way I want to praise, but you praise him the way he wants to be praised, you will experience the stilling hand of God. Amen. So this is the way, the practice of praise. We praise outward, halal. We praise with singing, Tehillah. We praise with instruments, Zamar. We sacrifice together, Toda. We lift our hands, Yada. We bow before him, Barak, and we experience his peace, Shavak. Okay? That's a lot of Hebrew words that, and I don't speak Hebrew, so it's probably terrible pronunciation. But amen. Let us praise God the way he likes it. Now, on Sunday at church, we called the team back up and we entered into praise. And let me tell you, I hadn't heard our church sing praises to God like that, because we had a fresh understanding of, hey, I'm going to praise God the way he wants it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a a snippet of some of our online worship, and I'm going to put it in this podcast here. And I'd love you to take the next few moments and praise God right where you are. Come on, praise him the way he wants it. Praise him outward with singing, with instruments. Praise him together with other believers. Praise him with your hands lifted. Praise, bow before him. Praise him and experience his peace. Amen. Let me pray for you. And then we're going to end with some worship. And if you want to know anything that's coming up, check out our website. We're counting down the weekly services next year, and I hope you can join us. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for you. We praise you today. We praise you the way you want it. And we worship you and we glorify you. This is the way, God. We want to praise you the way you have designed it. And we enter this next few moments with a heart that is focused on you, not just on outward things, but a heart that is set on you, praising you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise him together.